Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello, I'm back with episode 12 and this week we chat all things funny. Um, my guest is Julia Day of Easy is Fat and I chat to Julia about her journey of setting up her own business, money mindset, why we find talking about money so difficult, pitching for your business and Julia's new membership, the Independent Girls Collective. So Julia's new membership is a members only platform with monthly video courses and masterclasses on finance, tax, pricing and all the good stuff. So if you'd like to find out more, head on over to easyasvat.com. And if you're listening to this episode as it goes live, I also wanted to remind you that the signups for my membership, the Fearless Beginnings Members Club, uh, open this Friday. So you can check that out as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's welcome Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for coming on, for joining me. Um, so for those who don't know you, uh, please uh, could you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Sure. So I am Julia Day and I am a financial coach. Um, what that basically means is that I work with creative entrepreneurs to make all the numbers parts of running a business. So tax, accounting, pricing, all that fun stuff. My job is to make that easier to understand and to deal with. Um, and I do that through one-to-one coaching. I run courses and I've just started a membership platform, which is launching on the 3rd of December. Um, and yeah, so that that's me pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I first came across you when I stumbled upon your blog, which is easy as fat. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not sure actually. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just remember it being so well done and there's so many resources that are really helpful everything's laid out kind of very um it's very kind of easy to understand I guess so all the stuff that kind of relates to tax and all that kind of stuff that perhaps people may struggle with uh you made it kind of sound very very accessible I guess good I'm glad and thank you for saying that that was I guess that's what I set out to do with it um when I started easy as bat or BAT whichever people want to call it (laughs) um but yeah so I because I used to run like a lifestyle kind of blog um don't go and look for it (laughs) (laughs) is it still online yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's been abandoned um but yeah so I uh used to blog kind of like lifestyle fashion-y kind of stuff and I had like quite a lot of people that I followed on Twitter who were either earning money from their blog or they were like freelance in another way and they would always be like I need to do my tax return I don't know what I'm doing and like if you go on the HMRC website like someone with a financial background would know what they were talking about but someone who you know maybe doesn't do that and is like a writer or a photographer or something else that isn't finance based they're gonna look, take one look at that and think oh my god like I can't do that um so I wanted to like bridge that gap and make it a bit more understandable and basically put it into English so people actually knew what to do and weren't as scared by it yeah I think it can be quite overwhelming when you um go onto the HMRC website and there's just so much information there um, and a lot of stuff may not even be applicable to you, but it's it's there and it, it does feel a little bit confusing, I think. Exactly. And like loads of people come to me and they're like, oh, I don't know whether I need to register for VAT. And I'm like, well, have you hit like how much do you make? Because mm-hmm. like the threshold, but just because 
HMRC mentions it loads. They think they need to sign up for it as soon as they're in business. And like you say, it's it's all stuff like that. And sometimes it's not relevant. So it's good to just kind of cut through all that like fluff. Yeah. And just think, look, if you start a business, this is all the stuff that you need to know. Um, and here it is in plain English. And this is what you actually need to do. Yeah. And then the stuff obviously that you can pick up as you go on uh, in your business as well yeah and I always say to people on their tax return as well um for the most part a good rule of thumb is if you don't know what it is you probably don't do that and it's not relevant to you yeah yeah um actually you've mentioned obviously registering for that I wonder what's the deal actually because I know quite a few people run courses and stuff and I know that courses have to have VAT put on don't they Mm. yeah so it depends so teachable they add VAT onto it Mm -hmm. um and that is actually where I came off teachable because I didn't want to like register for VAT because I don't like I don't meet the threshold yet the threshold um for VAT is 85,000 pounds yeah um, and it's going to stay at that amount till 2020, just in case anyone's wondering, because <laughs> they do change it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I wasn't earning anywhere near that amount. And it wasn't like in some businesses, it's worth registering before you hit that threshold. If you buy a lot of things that have, that you have to pay VAT on. Yeah. Um, well, for me, it wasn't worth it. So. Uh, so, yeah. so it's not all courses that have to have VAT on. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think because Teachable is American, mm. they've just thought, well, for UK people, they have to pay it, so we'll make sure it's added on. Um, right. But obviously, it's a bit of a pain for us. That's the case with like a lot of American um, platforms, is it will be added on, which is a bit of a bit of a nightmare. So I try and do everything like from my own website now, just because then I'm in control of it. Yeah, and what um, platform do you use for your website? Squarespace. <laughs> oh, cool. So nice and easy. So it's quite accessible, that one as well. Oh, yeah. I can't, like, sing the praises of Squarespace enough. Mm. They need to start paying me a commission. <laughs> it's so good, though. Yeah, no, I, I have WordPress for my photography, wedding photography um, website. But I, when I first tried to upload the themes and stuff, it was yeah. such a mess. I, it was... I think it took me a couple of days to like straighten it out and make it look okay um, because it was just so confusing to begin with. I kind of got to know it and I, I feel fairly confident now. But when I was building my second website um, for my personal branding and Fearless Hustle, I ended yeah. up going with Squarespace because I just thought I'm, I might as well just not have like a few days of just pulling my hair out essentially. Yeah, it's just so easy to use and like everything's just there. Like I've used WordPress before as well and I just like I'd say I'm quite good with sort like that kind of thing. Yeah. But um I, I just felt with WordPress I was just like, Oh my gosh, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. This is gonna take far too long. Yeah, well that's exactly how I felt. I thought, Oh, I'll I'll be fine, I'll I'll figure it out but actually it it was a kind of steep learning curve, so yeah, it took yep. a while. So going back to um, when you first started your business, um, how did that come about? Um, obviously, you were working uh, full time before then, weren't you? Yeah, so I was a full time accountant. 
Um, and that was why I decided to like start it as a blog originally because I was like, well, let's make use of like, you know, what I know for my actual job. Um, and hopefully it'll be helpful to people. So like, um, yeah, so I just set it up on Squarespace. Um, couldn't think of a name for ages. <laughs> um, and then it just kind of came to me like a little light bulb in my head. I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> Thank you. People always say that they like it, and I'm like, really? Thanks. Yeah, no, it's really like, memorable as well. So yeah, definitely, it is a good choice. I hate so. I always wonder that people think it's like specifically for that, but I don't think anyone does think that now. No, so. no, I don't think so. So no, I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was a blog, and then um, at the end of so I started it just over a year ago. I started it in September 2017. Um, so it is still pretty new um, and then shortly after that sort of towards the end of last year I had a really bad like mental health patch um, and I was pretty much just burnt out like my job was really really high demand because there were only a few of us who we were working all the time um, and things weren't going great so I was signed off work um, and I'm not very good at sitting at home and having nothing to do so I was just sat there like I was working away on this little website and trying to make it you know look nice and be helpful and like write loads of blog posts to help people um, and it really like became my kind of outlet during that time because I was just like so like I was like oh I've ruined my career by being off and oh you know all the stuff um, and my employer had like dealt with my illness really badly and being really horrible about it so I ended up resigning um and then I was just like I'd never done anything like that before like I'm a really sensible person <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like oh my god like what have I done like I knew I couldn't go back because of the way they treated me while I was away but I was like oh my god I, I don't know what I'm gonna do so I was like right I'm gonna make this a proper business um and at first I thought I'd just do like freelance accounting but then um, I kept getting emails from business owners who wanted to deal with their own like accounting and finances but they just wanted to get on Skype and like have a chat so I kind of pivoted to do coaching instead and I'm really glad that I did because it's so much more fun. Yeah I think it's more rewarding as well because you give people the tools that they need in order to then do it themselves. Yeah, and like when I get a message off someone and they're like, oh my gosh, just done my tax return, I feel really good about it. And I'm like, yes. And it's like, it's so much nicer than just kind of being like, yeah, your tax return's done. Yeah, <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy yeah, it's a completely different type of work as well because you get to actually um, interact with people a lot more, I suppose. Yeah, and I think I'm quite a creative person. Um, that was why I blogged alongside my job. Um, so it kind of allows me to have that creative outlet and to have a chat with people and to help people as well as sort of utilizing that knowledge of accounting Mm. and when you decided you were going to resign from your job was Mm. there kind of a thought or maybe I should just look for something else oh yeah I did (laughs) um I mean it was a tough one because because in that job we'd done so much stuff um because there were only five of us like my cv was just I don't know it wasn't a mess but there was just so many different things and I was like I don't know whether I want to continue doing accountancy I don't know whether I want to do something a bit more creative I don't know what because I was a project manager as well I was like I don't know if I want to apply for project management jobs Mm -hmm. um and I was kind of coming out of this horrible like fog of being like really depressed so I was 
probably not in the best mindset to be like applying for jobs me like hey hire me I'm great yeah yeah because <laughs> I didn't feel like I was at the time um I think at the best of times most people find that whole process a struggle applying for jobs and and essentially trying to sell your skills and and who you are um, yeah it's it is hor- a difficult yeah a difficult period it's horrible but yeah and then I, I was kind of the first couple of weeks I was like do you know what? I actually really enjoy doing this and I'm quite I know a lot of people struggle with working from home because they find it hard to like motivate themselves if they don't have like a boss telling them what to do but in my old job I've been working from home a couple of times a week anyway so I was kind of used to it and we'd done so much stuff that I was really disciplined to kind of like not sit back and just like watch friends all day as tempting as that is um, yep. <laughs> yeah I was really like okay this is what I'm gonna do um and I did actually do like the work as opposed to some people struggle with not having that structure um and not being able to like motivate themselves to work without kind of the threat of your boss breathing down your neck but mm. I quite enjoyed it um so yeah and then it was mad because before I was like, oh, you're doing so much stuff. But I didn't feel like I was because I, like, genuinely enjoyed it. Um, but, what? yeah, I mean, it's by no, by no means, like, the kind of, you know, oh, I quit my job and suddenly I was making loads of money. Like, I didn't make a lot of money for, like, the first six months, maybe. It only really started to get more consistent in, like, the end of July. No, end of June, beginning of July this year. Mm. And you've just celebrated the first year um, of the blog, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yay. made it this far. <laughs> no, it's so exciting. And you've come such a long way, actually, because, I mean, obviously, so I kind of found you quite, I, I just, I'd say probably towards the beginning of the blog. Yeah, it was that like you were one of the first people who was like, come on, look at this girl, look at what she's doing. I like really... <laughs> Yeah, because I was just like, because I came to the website and I was like, this is so good. <laughs> and everything yeah. everything made sense and stuff. But yeah, so, um, but you have come a very, well, you've come far, I would say, in a year. Because you've been published in various, um, on various blogs and stuff online. You've been on various podcasts. And I think that's actually quite an achievement. Thank you. <laughs> I'm quite... Uh a shy person like I'm not someone who will naturally go and pitch but I think because I'd kind of left this job and like I knew that I needed to be able to pay my rent and everything I was just like you're just gonna have to get over this shyness and you're gonna have to like reach out to people and that I think that's like been really good as to like why I've I've gotten so far in like what looks like quite a short amount of time because I have kind of had to put those reservations aside and like put myself out there Mm. and so you've mentioned pitching is that something you do kind of on a regular basis or is that something that you thought would help you move your business forward um I'd like to say yes (laughs) no not really I do I do like I think pitching is quite important and I think as a business owner you're kind of pitching every day like if you're on Instagram or you're on any social media or you know you're in a Facebook group or you're a networking event you're kind of pitching your business then anyway um 
but in terms of like emailing people uh, to offer services, I've not really done that. But one of the best things that I did was when I first started, because it was more aimed at bloggers, I had a list of bloggers that I liked and I just reached out to them and was like, hey, um, I'm Julia. I've just started this um, like website, which is like a resource. Um, here's like a little freebie. Um, I'd love to know what you think. So I wasn't really pitching for work. I was just kind of pitching to let them know. But that was really good because a lot of people actually shared what I was doing afterwards. That's such a good idea. Thank you. I always tell people to do it now because it's like, I feel like it's, personally for me, I get a few pictures from always like SEO people for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I get a ton of those. Yeah, and also like VAs, like virtual assistants as well. And the issue I have with it is like it kind of you can tell if it's a blanket email. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're just like, oh, I can help you with this, and I'm like, like the list, like a load of things, and I'm like, well, I don't really need help with those things. And like also, I can kind of tell that you've sent this to a load of other people. <laughs> so I think pitching in that sense um cold emailing can definitely work but only if you do research and you like personalize it and actually offer a thing that is going to be helpful to that specific person or business yes Um, something I've um read recently I think it was about saying what you have to offer when pitching um and how it's going to be of value to that person as opposed to hey here's what I do I really want you to do this and it doesn't really translate into any form of um well they don't I I suppose in a way they don't gain anything from it uh, in which case they're probably less likely to accept yeah like if you're pitching to someone um and you want to do work for them like make it as easy as possible for them to like a know what you do but b like you know know why they should hire you and how to do it um because it I don't know it's hard because I do really think like pitching is a good thing um and I've just started this NatWest accelerator and we have to pitch every time we have coaching session um, so hopefully I'll be an expert at it soon I was gonna say yeah you'll become a pro very soon <laughs> I hope so I'll have to like share my tips or something yes please <laughs> But yeah, I think there's a difference between sort of going in and offering someone like something useful and going in and just being like, hey, work with me, because there's a big difference in like how it comes off, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to talk about the subject of money in general and why it is that we find talking about money so difficult, because it seems to be this very kind of unspoken subject for for the most part, I think. Um, I know a few people have recently shared things like their earnings and stuff. Obviously, Sarah Tasker's one of those people. Yes, love her. Yeah, and it was very brave, actually, because I think, I mean, you are putting out quite a lot of, it, it feels like personal information, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it is personal information, and no one should feel pressured to say how much they earn. Yeah. Um, but I do really respect her for saying that as well Um, and especially because she has been really open about her like money struggles in the past Um, but yeah I guess like the thing we're talking about money is it makes you feel really vulnerable and it makes you feel like you're open for judgment 
Um, and that's what puts a lot of people off sharing. I think that's um, the biggest thing, isn't it? Actually, judgment, being judged by others. Well, because perhaps you don't earn enough, and I say enough in a, you know, in a, enough to, you know, what standard is kind of do you judge that by? Um, exactly, yeah. And it, it kind of undermines us as self-employed. Like, it undermines our industries a little bit because... So when you started out as a photographer, like if you kind of had known how much people charge for certain things, that probably would have been really helpful. Um, and like when people undercharge purely because they don't know that they can charge more or that they should be charging more, it means that people start to think that that is the normal price and that affects like other photographers who are doing it as well. And that's the same for any industry, I guess, whether that's like writing or, you know, freelance marketing, anything. Yeah, um, no, definitely. It kind of brings the price down for everybody in that sense. Yeah, and it's, you know, people do want it to stay a taboo because um, it means that we can't ask for more. So mm. if you're sort of, like, a lot of um, employers will have written into the contract that you can't discuss your salary with your colleagues. Oh, really? Yeah, like we did. Um, I think we did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like that, but... Um, yeah, and it, it, the reason for it partially is because they don't want you to look at someone else who's doing the same job as you who is getting paid more and to say, why aren't I getting paid that amount and to ask for that? Um, so it kind of keeps us from sort of, I guess, being empowered and knowing what our worth is and how much we actually should be being paid for the work that we're doing. Um, it kind of keeps us from doing that because we don't know if we don't if we aren't open about it yeah and how would you say people can work out how to price themselves obviously I know it's a very broad subject but is there anything that we can do to ensure that we aren't undervaluing actually uh, our work yeah I always say uh to clients because I do like specific like pitching coaching sessions um not pitching pricing can't talk this morning <laughs> yeah so I do um coaching sessions with which are specifically for helping people to price themselves and I always say to them go and look at a couple of people who are offering similar services to you or who serve like the same customers that you do and see how much they charge um because a lot of people now will have it on their website um and that can give you a good idea of like what people expect to pay and like what the industry average is. Yeah. A lot of the time there isn't a great deal of difference between people's prices. It's generally around the same. Um, so that's a good way to like have a look at it. I think as well, like it's really good to have friends or like a mentor in your industry if you can because they can help you with things like that. Because a lot of the time you, you kind of like, you know, happily charge in whatever price. And then you meet someone who does the same thing as you and either they tell you their price and you're like, oh my God, I did not realise I could charge that much. Or you tell them your prices and they're like, you need to charge more. And you think, oh, I should have been charging this from the beginning. And like, you're really annoyed at yourself because you've undercharged. Um, but yeah, just, I guess, uh know people in your industry and if you don't know anyone in your industry have a look at what they charge to get a good idea yeah. of like it's normal and what because when I think pricing is as much a part of marketing as 
you know, like social media or your copywriting. Um, so you kind of want people to, when they see your price, it almost be what they were expecting to see, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people have pricing on their websites and I personally find it a lot easier um, and helpful because I know exactly what I'm expecting um, and you don't then go and email someone and waste their time I suppose asking how much they're charged for this or um, yeah and, and it, it becomes a bit of a difficult situation I suppose if you're if you were you know expecting it to be much less for example yeah because you know, it, it does put me off when people don't have the price on the website because I kind of think, well, if it's too much, I'm going to feel, especially if it's someone you kind of know. Yes, because yeah. a lot of the time, like, I'm sure you're the same. Like, if I know someone who does a certain thing that I need help with, I will try and work with them. No, but totally, then, yeah. But I don't know how much they charge and it's a bit too expensive for me. And it's like, it's not a comment on their pricing. It's just that I can't afford it right now. Yeah, but it makes it a little bit awkward. I totally yeah, agree. Like, yeah. Uh, do that sorry and then the temptation to just like blank the email and forget and <laughs> just real yeah no definitely um I know there's a few um groups and stuff on Facebook that kind of openly talk about money and one of them is refinery 21 I think it's called UK money diaries I don't know if you're uh, aware of that I love those I'm so nosy <laughs> yeah but I think it, it it really opens up that conversation and actually shows you that there's a load of people perhaps in your situation um, because sometimes I think we can feel quite isolated for example we um, are still renting we don't own a property and sometimes I feel like well I feel like there's this pressure that I should already own a property and I think it's quite nice and refreshing to see that actually there's a lot of people um, my age who still don't own a property and are renting and are absolutely fine about it. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's quite nice to actually have those conversations openly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on the renting thing. Like, I mean, I always, to be fair, like not a lot of people that, that I know will that are my age that I know do own a house and if they do it's because they've either been given the deposit or they've lived at home until they've bought so they haven't had to pay rent not everyone has that option um and especially you know if you have kids then you don't want to be living in your parents house while you save for a deposit well no exactly that's the thing I think everybody's circumstances are different but you're still I think there's still that kind of expectation attached to it I suppose I don't know I suppose it is what we put on ourselves though a lot of the time as well so yeah like I'm sure no one I always feel that with some of my friends who have bought I'm like oh they probably look down on me for renting and then I'm like no they don't they like, don't care, don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah we kind of put it on ourselves so like there's a lot of like shame I think around money and a lot of guilt so like um I always feel really guilty buying like homeware stuff because when I was younger like that just wasn't something that was seen as important. So I've always had it in my head as like, you don't need to buy a new rug, you don't need to buy this or whatever. So I always feel really guilty if I buy something for the house that isn't like 100% necessary. But um, at the end of the day, like things like that, um, the money diaries, they're really great because as you say, it does make you feel less alone. Um, and it makes you realize that like everyone has their own like different kind of money habits and things that they feel guilty about or 
like their, their own kind of views on money I guess and what's important to them and the main thing is as long as you're spending your money in a way that makes you happy and that aligns with kind of how you want your life to look then you've got nothing to feel guilty about unless you're harming someone else in which case obviously that's not very good (laughs) yeah that kind of brings me on to the topic of finances in general um and I think one of the things like you say obviously spending as you see fit but also knowing how much um you have outgoing all those kinds of things I think it's quite important to actually have a clear view of what's happening in yeah. the in the background so what's kind of do you have like a um a tip I suppose for those who perhaps are looking to start their own business but what what are the things that they need to be doing to begin with um so when you start your own business uh obviously register as self-employed that's a big one <laughs> um track every like every business transaction so you know if you're buying things for your business like if you've just purchased the domain for a website which is going to become your business that kind of thing make sure you keep track of those um to be honest I just use a spreadsheet but there are like accounting softwares that you 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 can use Mm -hmm. um and like keep hold of all your receipts and invoices with receipts because I'm very much like computer based I don't like having paper on and also paper fades so you know because you have to keep your uh like your accounting records for like six years um so you know six years that receipt is going to be a piece of paper and so I tend to uh take a picture of my receipts and just upload them into my like accounting records after or there's a great app I'm just getting it up now called cam scanner so you take a picture of your receipt and it turns it into a scan and you can just save it to like your Google Drive, your Dropbox or wherever you keep your accounting files. Um, but yeah, in general, just be aware of money and be educated about it. Um, be aware of how much is coming in and be aware of how much is coming out because otherwise you won't really know how your business is doing um, and you won't be able to kind of make a change if something's going badly um, and find out why it, why it's going that way and you know fixing it I guess in time um if you kind of got your head in the sand about money yeah I think it goes both ways actually and it goes for the personal side of um finance as well um actually knowing how much you're spending each month is quite important and it can be quite an eye-opener I think yeah oh my god it's so scary like I have like a free spending tracker on my website now um which I just made for myself like ages ago because I used to be really bad with money but like I didn't know why I was like where is it going (laughs) Um, because if you you don't keep track actually it's very hard to forget all these uh, maybe coffees that you bought um, last week or all these little bits that actually do add, add up very quickly yeah and like you know even things like going to Tesco like I used to be really bad for just buying my dinner on the day and like um, yeah, we do that quite often. <laughs> yeah, like you end up buying like sweets and biscuits or like yeah. magazines or whatever, and like you just forget. You're like, oh, I only bought food. Why is it a tenner? Mm. And it's because you bought all this like random crap that you've been tempted by in the shop. Um, but yeah, so like uh, when I first like started tracking my spending, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe like the amount of rubbish that I buy because before that I just felt like I got paid and then all my bills came out and then I had no money left but I was like surely my bills aren't 
that much that I don't have anything left over. Um, so I kind of was like, right, I need to sort myself out and started like tracking all my spending. And then I was like, okay, this is where it's all going. <laughs> so you use spreadsheets to track all of your outgoings? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I pay for everything on my card, which is probably not the best for kind of being mindful about spending money. But um, I just prefer that to cash. But yeah, it means that um, I can just download my bank statements every month and kind of have a look at what I've been doing um, and what I've been spending on. But I have to say, like, since I kind of started working on all this money stuff, like, two, maybe nearly three years ago, mm-hmm. um, as in terms of, like, personal finance, um, but starting a business has been so good for it because I kind of have to be aware of it. Otherwise, like, I might not have enough money to, like, do things for the business and um obviously like I'm earning my own money and like controlling how much I pay myself um so I have to be aware of it otherwise I could get to a month where I didn't have enough in the bank to pay myself yeah no absolutely you've got to be like you say you've just got to be aware and I think a lot of time a lot of the time if um money wasn't something that you talked about at home when you were growing up then it's quite easy mm-hmm. to be very dismissive and like kind of just not not aware at all actually um as to what's going on if you have kind of grown up in a bit more um in a in a house where money is a bit tighter i guess so like um for us my parents are divorced and they divorced when i was quite young and like my mum never had a lot of money and my dad did so we had a lot of money while he was living with us and then when he moved out he, he was kind of like fun because we always used to get new clothes and presents. We always used to go out for tea and stuff. Mm. Um, whereas like with my mom, we always knew that money was a bit tight. Um, but in those kind of environments where money is tight, you do tend to grow up talking about money more. Um, and I think Sarah Tasker has said that before as well, that like some people called her out for being like a bit crass for saying how much she earned. She did, yeah, she said yeah. that. Yeah, and like she kind of made the point that you know if you have grown up in an environment where money is tight you don't have the option of not talking about it it is something that's like reserved to you know people who are a bit more comfortable maybe but um it just becomes part of the everyday I guess most of the time but then some people kind of go the opposite way and when money's tight they just refuse to think about it um so it really depends everyone's got a different kind of outlook on it and we all have like money beliefs that we've kind of grown up with and like they've been instilled with us through childhood. So like I said about um, buying things for the house, I was always kind of, I grew up to believe like it doesn't matter if you have a nice house or not, but actually it's something that's really important to me, but I still feel incredibly guilty if I buy something to make the house look nicer just because, you know, for 27 years I've kind of, not being directly told but kind of through because you know it's not just about what people say to you it's about what you see yeah absolutely so I've kind of seen like oh like it, it doesn't matter if the house looks nice or not or like we I shouldn't be buying things for it so it's it's a bit like airy fairy like not a lot of people not everyone kind of agrees with it but no I find it, it so interesting I think um no it's definitely true I remember when I was growing up, whenever my mum bought something for herself, like, you know, some form of 
clothing or whatever it might be, she'd always end up feeling really guilty and very often she'd go back and return it. Oh, yeah, and it's especially with mothers as well. Like, um, I guess because you just kind of, you want your child to have the best and you feel a bit guilty if you're not buying something that benefits them. Yeah. But, you know, if you're not looking after yourself or if you are looking after yourself, then you're going to be, you know, in a better position to you know look after your child because you can't pour from an empty cup yeah no absolutely and I wanted to talk about money mindset obviously we've kind of touched on it a little bit yeah. with regards to the beliefs that we took from our childhood really um and how so how does that kind of influence what we're like in kind of adulthood um I guess it affects everyone in different ways like it's whoever you've lived with while you were growing up that's kind of who instills your beliefs in money and you'll either stick to what they told you or showed you rigidly and you'll be the same or you'll go the opposite way so um maybe if you had a parent who they would never like buy you sweets or something then you might grow up as an adult and keep doing that and never buy yourself sweets so you might go the opposite way and you might just like buy them all the time (laughs) It's a bit of a random example, but um, yeah, like it it affects us more than we think. Um, and it, it's mad because money seems like such a simple thing to manage. It's like, well, you don't spend as much as you, um, you don't spend more than you make. But actually in practice, it's a lot more complicated, um, especially like when credit comes into it. And that's another reason why it's important to like talk about money because you know, when I was 18, I could get a Topshop card, but I didn't have a clue how that worked. So like, I'd, all I knew was I had a card with £150 on that I could spend at Topshop. Yeah, I had one of those as well. <laughs> like, I didn't think about paying, like having to pay it back or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so I guess, um, and it, it's the same with like saving as well. Like, I can't remember where I read this, but I'll send you a link to it if I find it. Apparently, children of, like, divorced parents are less likely to buy a house, like, early, because they haven't had... This isn't for all divorced parents, obviously. I just want to state that. Yeah, of course, of course. But a lot of the time, they haven't had that stability of, like, having a home, so they just... They don't see the importance of it as much. Mm. Um, and that's fine like I, I'm not that fussed about buying a house although I do have divorced parents so maybe I'm just part of that statistic <laughs> um, but yeah like there's all kinds of like mad things that you wouldn't think of that affect like your relationship with money um, like for me I guess um, in school it was kind of when uh, the iPhone first came out and loads of people in my class had an iPhone and obviously when you're a bit younger you don't understand why you can't have it yeah like well everyone else has one why can't I have one and it's like well because there isn't enough money to spend 500 pounds on a phone on a phone yeah exactly (laughs) when you're 15 (laughs) um but yeah so like as soon as I was able to have enough money to do that as soon as I had a student loan I would like be buying loads of clothes and like I bought an iPhone and um yeah and it, it took me a while to get out of that pattern of like I need to have that to be valuable I guess Mm or to be like respected 
Um, there's all I could talk about this for like years, honestly. <laughs> there's all kinds of different like stories that we have and like different behaviors that are a part of like how we've grown up and even after we've grown up, like how you know partners have been or how close friends treat money, it all kind of bounces off us. Yeah, and, like, feeds into it. Mm. And I, I wanted to ask if if you have a relatively negative money mindset, I suppose, and you're always you believe that you're never going to make enough and that you can't you you're never going to be able to pay off all the bills or or the credit cards or that kind of stuff. How can you go from that to changing it to a more positive view um, where you feel like, yeah, actually, I will have money coming in? And um, I guess the best thing to do is like kind of work on yourself because most people who have that negative mindset, they aren't very happy, um, as you wouldn't be if you felt that way. Um, so it sounds really cheesy, but like the best thing that I've done is sort of like, start working on myself and like look after myself and doing things like meditation um and like exercise I guess um is also good for like you know kind of self-care kind of thing because when you the reason a lot of people have debt or like spend more than they can actually afford it isn't because they're like really bad with money it's because they feel like that they have to spend that money to be like a better bit version of themselves I guess or to like change something that they aren't happy with about themselves and it's a bit of a vicious cycle because if you aren't earning enough money to live on then you do feel a bit worthless a lot of the time um because that's just what we're we're constantly being sold to and like that makes us feel like well if I can't buy that then there's something wrong with me and that's not the case at all it's even harder to sort of um get to a point where you are happy with like how how much money you have or how much you're making or what you're spending it on because you're constantly feeling like oh I can't afford that so I'm like worthless and I need to buy this and that'll make me feel better and like if you work on yourself you'll realize that buying stuff doesn't make you feel better um it's kind of like a temporary fix I guess yeah absolutely I think as well just being like knowledgeable about money because a lot of the time it's like a black cloud hanging over us and all we know is that we don't have enough money in the bank right now um but if we actually go through um what we're spending our money on and how much we need to pay out on bills and stuff and how much we earn how much we have after that it gives us a much better idea of how to um fix it and how to kind of deal with it the thing with debt is it it's really overwhelming because especially if you've got like a huge amount of debt you just think I'm never gonna pay that off um but actually like that let me just gather my thoughts sorry (laughs) this in an eloquent way like when you break it down and you kind of look at okay well I'm paying this much off a month um and that means that I will have paid it off by this date um that's really helpful to just kind of break it down like I feel like a lot of the stuff with money is it seems huge but you can break it down into smaller steps and once you do that you feel a lot more positive about it um and also and this is something that I'm still working on um don't try not to like worry about the future too much because it's really really overwhelming it's really scary um and especially if you're not in a great financial position at the moment it's terrifying to think about the future 
so no, totally it can like you say it can be very overwhelming if you start looking at you know your 50 year old self yeah and like you're like oh like you know if you did want to buy a house and you were thinking like oh like a, tw- a 20 grand deposit I'm never gonna make that but if you like break it down into like okay well this is how much I can save this month um I've done that so there's nothing else I can do about it right now um that's kind of the best way to I guess feel a bit better about it yeah because starting small as well I think it's quite important like you say just kind of ticking little boxes um yeah and like you know forgive yourself for any past like things that you've done with money which you're having to pay off now and just see it as like a lesson that you've learned everyone makes mistakes um even if they don't talk about it they do um and also if you do start thinking about well like where has this money thought come from um it's come from my parents um and then you get really angry about it you've got to forgive them as well because being angry at someone for kind of instilling a belief in you or you know if you maybe perceive them as having not spent enough money on you as a child or something like that it's not very helpful for you and you can't change it so there's no point in kind of like ruminating over it you've just got to kind of say okay well that happened and it was rubbish but it's over now I don't want to hold on to like this bad feeling because all these little bad feelings they build up and then that's kind of when you want to go and stick your head in the sand to be like I don't even want to think about money yeah yeah but yeah I hope that made sense and wasn't too rambly no it made perfect sense (laughs) um so I wanted to ask about girls doing cool things because I know you've started um a kind of a separate website and Instagram uh, for that so tell us a little bit about that yeah so girls doing cool things um is basically a community for women to share what they've been doing um whether that is, you know, starting a new business or, you know, they've won an award or they've got a new hobby or they're volunteering, anything at all. You know, like something where one of your friends will tell you that they've been doing something, you're like, all right, cool. That's generally the idea. Um, but yeah, it came from, um, I've basically been wanting to do events for a while and have a go at organizing events. Um, but I didn't want them to be like business networking. Um I don't know why I think just my experience of business networking events I was like hmm I want to do something a little bit different yeah so I spoke to my friend Lauren um who runs the cover co um and I was like if I was doing like a panel discussion would you be willing to speak at it and she was like yeah do it um and I was kind of like you know it was a Friday night and I was out and I was kind of like, you know, two glasses into a rosé. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's really cool. I think I'm going to try and organise an event in Liverpool. Just call it like something like girls doing cool things in Liverpool. Um, just like dead off the cuff. And then I was like, Ash, I really like that name. Um, and I think I want to share people who are doing things like maybe not at events as well. Yeah, I think it's quite important to actually celebrate our achievements, however small or big. I think it's quite um, very easy, actually, to not do that and just kind of sweep it under the carpet and just move on to the next thing. Um, So, yeah, celebrating those little wins and stuff is actually really important. Yeah, and I think as well, like, it's something that everyone can get involved in because I'm in a lot of um, Facebook groups for, like, women in business, but not a lot where it's just kind of, like, somewhere for like anyone to chat 
um and I think that's quite important um and yeah as you said like I was kind of because there's basically a submission form on the website where you can like share what you've been doing I was like is calling it cool things gonna like put people off because they're gonna be like oh what I'm doing isn't cool (laughs) but it's not about that at all it's just anything that like you want to share um yeah. It doesn't have to be business based, doesn't even have to be a hobby, it can just literally be something you've done, like that you want to share with people. Yeah, and you're proud of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's a good way to kind of because it is hard to be like, I did this achievement and I'm really happy about it. Um, it, it is, yeah. And I, I find it massively hard to actually be like yeah actually I did this and it was great <laughs> yeah exactly and we're so quick to like move on to the next thing as well like yeah. I don't know about you but whenever I hit a goal I'm like right what am I doing next rather than pausing to like celebrate no absolutely yeah that's that's one of the things I actually want to work on in the coming year is, is actually just celebrating those achievements and not perhaps being less critical as well in a way um yeah like it's so easy to pick the things that went wrong even if something's gone well you always focus on like the negative um which you know I don't know why we do that it's just it's just not positive and I think talking about money mindset on all these kind of things I think when you do focus on the positives um it generally brings more positive things your way I feel so yeah Yeah, I think it's a good state of mind yeah, like I feel I, oh, I don't know, I'm sometimes I'm hesitant to talk about the mindset stuff because I feel like people will just switch off. But um, yeah. I do think it's really important. Like it's helped me so much as someone who's like struggled with anxiety for like most of my life. Like it genuinely does help. Um, but I think stuff like, you know, people are very into like the law of attraction nowadays. Um, and whether you believe in it or you don't, I do feel like, what I kind of see it as is like if I am looking at things in a more positive light then I am going to see more good things coming my way not necessarily because I've thought them into uh, existence but because I'm changing my mindset to see the good instead of the bad all the time yeah yeah absolutely so whichever way you look at it it I think it's, it's a positive change to make yeah, and you start to realise as well, when you start working on these things, you start to realise how negative people are, like, mm. all the time, and, like, how limiting we, like, the limits we put on ourselves, being like, oh, I could never do that, um, and it, so, you know, there's, it's really positive to kind of take that away, and to be like, yeah, actually, I think that I can do that, uh, rather than just kind of dismissing something, and not even giving it a go, because you don't, like, believe in yourself, I guess. Yeah, having a negative outlook, I think it not only brings yourself down, but also the people around you, because like you say, people talk about all the negative stuff and it and it can feel, it kind of just makes that, I, I don't know, just like a generally negative atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, like I remember um, with some of my old uh, work friends, not from the horrible job from the one before uh, but we'd still meet up and go for a drink and they'd always complain about work and I'd be like hmm, I don't think this is great but then I'd feel rubbish as well afterwards because we just sat there and like complained and like it depends because sometimes it does feel really good to kind of like get something off your chest yeah of course um, there's there's obviously a place for that as well but like you say I think it, it can make you feel a bit rubbish 
yeah like you start to notice when whenever you see someone you feel drained mm. um and like you feel a bit rubbish yourself even if you've been like kind of pretty happy before <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Right, so I've kind of wanted to wrap up and talk about um, the goals that you have for the coming year. So I guess my goals for the coming year are uh, to launch the membership and hopefully make that successful. Um, So I've literally only kind of told people about it yesterday. So (laughs) um, Still early days. Yeah, but um, basically I've got like an area where people can register their interest to be told about it when it goes live um, to join. And I've got a few people on that already. So that's positive. That's great. Um, great. Yeah, I want to launch that. I want to make sure it's really, really good and really, really helpful. Because I feel like sometimes with memberships, um, you don't actually know what you're doing or it's all a bit sort of vague. Um, So I want to kind of um, show people like, what exactly they're going to get if they sign up every month um and make sure it lives up to expectations I guess um I guess like my main goal is just to kind of um grow the business and like um keep it consistent because I think in the first couple of years it's so up and down um like I don't know if you found this but I'd have like a great month and then I'd have like not a, a bit of a rubbish month um I mean I guess it's different for you because um as a photographer like you have seasons and stuff yeah so you kind of expect it a little bit yeah so but with what I do it's I'm still kind of working out which periods are good for business and which are a bit more um dry so I guess kind of working on that um and just making a bit more of a consistent income from it um because it yeah like I say I have really great months where I'm like yeah it's finally taking off and then sometimes I have like immediately after that a month where I've got like not many clients um and it's I still kind of go up and down with that if that makes sense so, like if I have new clients I'm like right my business is done um I'm gonna have to get a job <laughs> No, I totally, I totally uh, get that. I think very often when I have a few days of no inquiries, um, I'm like, oh my God, this is the end of me. This is it. I'm not going to have any more work coming in. Um, But it just seems to kind of go up and down all the time. Yeah, and like a week feels like a month, doesn't it, when you're self-employed. So I'm like, oh, no one wants to work with me. And it's like, I'm on book like a week ago, like calm yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, one of my friends who's been in business for like a bit longer than me, I think she's been doing it for three or four years. She was like, you've got to detach yourself from the business um, because like if you attach yourself to those ups and downs in the business, which will happen constantly, then you're going to be not not in a great mental place. Yeah, Um, I can totally see that. Yeah. But yeah, um, and I guess my goal as well, like my last goal is probably just to be a bit more confident about what I do and talk about it more because I feel like when I kind of tell, like share on Instagram what I'm doing or I like say you can book a session with me with this, I feel a bit um, scared to do it, I guess sometimes. I feel like I'm doing it too much Um, and then in reality, I'm really not. So I'm trying to um, get more confident with that and kind of, be a bit less self-deprecating and kind of not refer to myself as like a little business yeah. <laughs> or 
oh, I just do this. I'm trying to be a bit more, um, you know, confident about it. Oh, that's a really great goal. I think that's something that probably most people struggle with, to be fair. I know, it's really bad. I'm so good at telling clients to big themselves up and then I don't do it. Yeah, well, it's one of those things, yeah. That was my talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So to finish off, I wanted to ask you um, about a favourite book that you've recently read and would like to recommend. Um, So I recently read Playing Big by Tara Moore, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. Have you read it? I haven't. I've heard of the book quite a few times, so I've got to get my hands on it, I think. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's it's a strange one because I got it because I kept hearing people say it was good, but it hadn't really appealed to me before. Um, and it's basically about, I guess, the ways that as women, we tend to keep ourselves small. So like I said, like about the confidence thing and like, yeah. I'm scared to like say what I do with confidence, so things like that. And originally I was like oh I don't think I do any of these things like being a bit (laughs) bit obnoxious Um, but I picked up the book and like every chapter kind of focuses on a different way that we kind of keep ourselves small and every chapter I was just like oh my god I totally do that (laughs) it was like she'd seen into my head um so I recommend that for pretty much everyone I've been kind of passing it around my friends at the moment and being like you must read this yeah no Um, amazing and who would you like to hear interviewed on the podcast um I would like to hear Laura Jane Williams who is a writer and also a great person to follow on Instagram yeah Um, so do you follow her yeah I do I do (laughs) yeah Yeah, like I just I feel like she's full of so much wisdom and like she's just hilarious like um I love listening to her voice even though it sounds really creepy and I've said it out loud (laughs) I just think she's so funny and like the way she says things um like she kind of she's obviously got she knows a lot of stuff but the way she says it it doesn't make you feel like patronized like she she's very down to earth actually isn't she yeah and like when someone disagrees with her in her comments because she's quite opinionated and she does she's got like a new instagram series on a sunday where she'll post like a video called the laura show about like something she's got an opinion on Mm -hmm. um and like when someone disagrees with her she doesn't just like block them or be like nasty to them she's like i hear what you're saying um thank you for like sharing your opinion and she takes it on board um but yeah i just think she's great and i love that she's just really like open about stuff um and I also really like her book ice cream for breakfast I thought that was really good um and also something good to read if you are quite new in business because she talks about how she had she kind of like struggled with I think it was like mild depression and anxiety but she was saying that like part of it was that she just didn't want to do anything that wasn't related to work or that wouldn't help her with work and like it's such an easy pit to fall in when you're self-employed because when you first start your business you are your business like you're just working on it constantly and it's like your baby um so I think that book is like a great way to kind of if you are feeling like that like take control of it but yeah I'd really like to hear from her no that sounds great thank you right well thank you so much for coming on it was a really lovely to chat to you today you too thank you for having me Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.